0: What is up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Thursday, April the 11th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football, and on today's show, we talk all the time about players in the draft that I like, but what about the players I don't like? We're going to get into some of the potential options that would make for a not-so-happy host here on the podcast. We've got another prospect of the day, and it's time to roll out Mock Draft 1.0 as I predict picks all the way up to Miami's first selection in the first round. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or the New Himalaya Podcast app or wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Winkle Follow the show at Locked On Fins and check out lockedondolphins.com. Daily written content for you guys up there every single day. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for draft season the Draft Dudes podcast and the Locked On NFL draft podcast, both part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have a lot on today's docket. And with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. One of the best parts about doing this podcast and working with LockedOnDolphins.com is that I get to read Some really good written content from some of the other guys we have on staff. And one of the guys we have on staff is a former co-host of my previous podcast, the first podcast I ever did, the Phanalysis podcast, with the Perfectville fellows with Sam and Chris over there. And I'm talking, of course, about Kevin Dern. And he has a piece up on LockdownDolphins.com right now. I don't want to spoil too much of it because we are going to have Kevin on a future podcast to talk about this, the front seven portion of the draft. As well as the secondary in a cumulative defensive preview draft piece here on the podcast. But I wanna talk about one player in this piece. It's up on Lockdown Dolphins right now, seven names for Miami's new front seven. And it's a guy that he has really put me onto who has been on the podcast here a couple of times, or at least I've talked about him on the podcast and that's Oregon's Justin Hollins. He wore number 11 at Oregon, and Kevin compares him favorably to Kyle Van Noy, and I thought it was a good time to get this subject in because of the signing of Jerron Elliott yesterday and the thinking behind the signing that we want him to be a Van Noy type of clone in the style that he plays, maybe not as productive as Van Noy, as that was a big point of contention on the Twitter timeline, but the idea of it is that he looks and plays and is built like Kyle Van Noy, and that's Justin Hollins as well. He had a visit with the Dolphins down at the complex, one of the 30-player visits. And Kevin writes about his length and his build: at six foot five, 250 pounds, 33-inch arms, 10-inch hands, and tested a lot, like Anthony Barr, a former first-round pick of the Minnesota Vikings, similar arm length and hand size. The 1.55 ten-yard split, the 4.5 40-second 40 or 40-yard dash, rather, the 36.5 vertical, 119-inch broad, seven. Three cone. I mean, the guy tested off the charts at the Combine, had a fantastic week at the East Fresh Shrine game, which is where Kevin notes he first recognized Holland's game. And one of the things Kevin talks about in the article, I won't go too in-depth on it, is that he has certain traits... And certain examples of success he's had on tape using some of the same principles we've seen from the Patriots defense with Brian Flores and the ability to stunt and loop inside. The twist stunt the Patriots incorporate a lot that Kevin expects the Dolphins to see. He had a great sack in that instance at the Shrine game. And there's videos up throughout that entire thread looking at all these players. I was thinking about talking about the rest of the guys, but these are all Kevin's man crushes. So I want to kind of give him the floor on that. And we'll talk to him about that on the podcast he's on sometime next week. But Justin Holland's one of the guys, I didn't go into LJ Collier because that is his boy through and through. We'll talk more about that later on the podcast. But check out that article, seven pieces for Miami's new front seven looking at draft options come two weeks from now when we have the draft kicking off at the end of April. Let's go ahead and shift gears here and talk about players that I don't like, and there are plenty of them. We just haven't gotten that far into this portion of the podcast of this time of year with the draft upcoming. I like talking about the guys that I want the Dolphins to take, guys that I think would be good fits for the Dolphins, but there are also plenty of guys out there that would make me not so happy. And of course, what does that all mean? Because we're not going to have definitive proof whether or not these picks were successes or failures for at least three years, maybe two years for some of the guys, probably even four or five years for the majority of them. But looking at some players that I don't think match up well with what the Dolphins want to do, and guys that I believe are being overhyped at their position, and it starts with Michigan's Rashawn Gary. And I know that's going to turn a lot of Dolphins fans off because you see the Blue Blood program, you see the big-time name, a guy coming into this season with high expectations, and you just assume that he performed. Well, he really didn't because this is a guy who tends to be a little bit stiff in the way he moves and the athletic traits just never translated into production as he was outproduced by Chase Winovich who frankly I believe is a better player I don't think he finishes plays very well I don't think he has the killer instinct in him to make those finishing plays I just don't think Rashawn Gary is the right choice I do believe he'll be on the board I don't think the Dolphins will take him however and I'd be glad if they did not up next on the list is a player I like but not in round number one Dexter Lawrence it's because he He's not impactful enough as a pass rusher. It's good value later on, like in round two. But for me, I'm not taking a guy that plays the run pretty much primarily in the first round. And that's what Dexter Lawrence, a mountain of a man, is. Great player, not for me in the first round. Other players in the first round... Byron Murphy and Greedy Williams both kind of for the same reason thin frames they do run very well which will be a big part of the Dolphins cornerback room going forward but the tackling and the overall business decisions and this is more about Greedy Williams than it is Byron Murphy making business decisions on the back end in college to me screams a major red flag especially for a coach Brian Flores who has said that ball skills and tackling under Bill Belichick obviously are the most important traits for cornerbacks and in the first round also and this goes beyond the first round to all seven rounds of the draft any quarterback not named Kyler Murray Dwayne Haskins Brett Rippon Tyree Jackson Jarrett Siddham and Gardner Minshew and that's a wide range of quarterbacks a wide net that I've cast there and to be perfectly frank, even Dwayne Haskins gives me a lot of pause. But those are the only quarterbacks that I want at certain points of the draft. Obviously, Murray and Haskins round one, Rippon and Jackson would be round three and four, Stidham in round four and five, and Minshew probably six, seven, or even an undrafted free agent. I've talked about his value as a potential backup quarterback. I've talked about Stidham's five star college or high school rating, rather, that never got fulfilled. Tyree Jackson, the physical traits. Brett Rippon, a very smart, cerebral quarterback. And you guys know how I feel about Kyler Murray, the rest of them Whether it's Will Greer, whether it's Daniel Jones, whether it's Drew Locke, there are too many deficiencies in their game for me to trust them as starters going forward. And I suppose you could draft them with the idea of being backups, but I think they'll go too high for the Dolphins to consider them in that role in this particular draft class. And then we go later on in the draft. I'm going to rip through these ones. We're getting short on time. Julian Love, the cornerback out of Notre Dame, the lack of long speed to me really concerns me. He's a good man corner, but I think you have to be elite in man coverage to make up for that poor outside speed and not to mention that basically every Patriots cornerback going back several years could flat out fly that's not Julian Love's game Trayvon Mullen for the same reason he's stiff and lacks the change of direction doesn't have the good footwork to make him a technician at the next level I think that makes for a steep learning curve and I think if the Dolphins do go cornerback they need a clear upgrade over that glut of Cordray Tankersley, Cornell Armstrong, Tory McTyler, and Jalen Davis and I don't think that guy is Trayvon Mullen Michael Jordan the offensive lineman out of Ohio State he's a plotter he's heavy footed I think he's a a waistbender and that's how you get quarterbacks killed Connor McGovern on the inside part of the offensive line from Penn State the mental aptitude is very very apparent on tape the lack of it I should say couldn't really pick up stunts and twists and that's a no thanks for me considering what we've seen with this Dolphins offensive line going back several years and again we're getting short on time I'm going to rip off a couple of names for you here Caleb McGarry the offensive tackle out of Washington not for me Jalen Ferguson the defensive end out of Louisiana Tech not for me and I'll pass on Alabama center Ross Pierschbacher not for me All right, it's time to throw my hat into the mock draft ring we've been doing seven round Dolphins mocks now for over a month let's try to go ahead and uncover who's going to be on the board when the Dolphins pick on April 25th we'll do that next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and the show at Lockdown Fins In my earlier days, before I had a podcast and my own website to manage and to write on and publish on, I would write up these six full-page mock drafts of the first round, talking about each team's need, the player fit, and why they made that certain pick. I love doing it. I've been doing this kind of stuff basically my entire life. And the deeper into college I get, the more I realize that what I want to do with my life is work with words. I just love writing, and going back over those old mock drafts, I'd put them into those little binders with the clear-coated front on top of it, and they just looked so professional for a 21-year-old kid doing mock drafts for no reason whatsoever, and I would get like maybe five or six in the first round right, and I was super thrilled about that, but I kind of stopped doing them because really, what do they do? They're a fun exercise to look at who might be available. And that's why I'm going to go ahead and go forward with Mock Draft 1.0 right here as we are two weeks out here on April the 11th here on the Locked On Dolphins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Two weeks out from one of the top five days on the NFL calendar. And frankly, as a Dolphins fan, I think we all can agree the draft is really our opening day this year because opening day is not going to be that exciting for a team that doesn't have many intentions to win games in 2019 let's go ahead and go forward here i'll make these picks as brief as i can to get through them all number one arizona quarterback kyler murray i think that's why they hired kingsbury they'd be foolish not to take him in my opinion that makes the pick number two for the 49ers very obvious as well defensive end nick bosa out of ohio state the jets want to trade back right here but nobody wants to come up because the quarterback that everybody wants is gone nick bosa is gone so they settle for the best player on the board which to me is a scary thought for the Dolphins unless they can find an interior presence that can handle this guy. I'm talking, of course, about Quinnen Williams out of Alabama. He goes number three to the Jets. Number four, the Raiders. They want to trade as well. Can't find a partner. Defensive end Josh Allen to try to replace the production lost from Khalil Mack last year. And then we have our first trade, somebody coming up over the Giants to go ahead and draft quarterback Dwayne Haskins, and it is the Cincinnati Bengals keeping him in-house. I don't buy those rumors that Haskins is falling all of a sudden. I think he'll be a top-10 pick, and the Bengals with Zach Taylor they go after him. They go up and get their quarterback to replace Andy Dalton. Number six, another trade as a team that wants to go ahead and get their defensive line solidified. The Green Bay Packers come up and select Ed Oliver out of Houston, the guy that I really would love to have on the board at pick 13, but it's not going to happen. Seventh pick overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They want to solidify that running game, be a ground and pound team, and help Nick Foles play off of play action. So they go out and get the best tight end prospect from a blocking perspective and possibly from a perspective as well out of Iowa TJ Hawkinson at 8 overall the Detroit Lions defensive end Brian Burns they lost Ziggy Ansah. they lost Eli Harold. they have to replace their edge rushers and Brian Burns out of Florida State is the guy to do that for them number 9 the Buffalo Bills offensive tackle Jawan Taylor as the Bills are doing backflips over Taylor being on the board at this portion of the draft I do I did have some issues figuring out where the offensive tackles would go in this class because I think it's Not great at the top, but the fall off from the top guys like Jawan Taylor, like Andre Dillard, like Jonah Williams or Dalton Reisner, all of those guys are very good players. And then there's a big drop off after them. And I think that teams are going to be Excited about getting offensive linemen in the middle portion of that first round, but the Bills get a starting tackle right away with the ninth pick in the draft. At number 10, the Broncos have been talking about this guy for very long and John Elway's connection there. The quarterback out of Missouri, Drew Locke, the third quarterback taken here in the first round. They get the heir apparent to Joe Flacco, who I'm sure will play four or five games and be benched for Drew Locke, just like all these top quarterbacks end up doing in the draft. And once again, for the sake of full disclosure, I messed up my mock draft and put a team that wasn't supposed to be there in that spot, so I'm going to fix it, and we're going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here at pick number 11, and they're going to go ahead and pluck Michigan's Rashawn Gary, even though I just told you he might be on the board at pick 13, we're going to take him off the board here to the Bucks, who need more of a pass rush at pick number 11. The 12th pick in the draft now belongs to the Giants after that trade back with the Packers who came up to get Ed Oliver, and they select Devin White, the linebacker, out of LSU. They get a fantastic player at a big position of need. They couldn't cover anybody last year at linebacker. Devin White helps them do that, and that brings the Miami Dolphins on the clock right here. And with the 13th pick in the 2019 draft, the Miami Dolphins trade out. We're out, baby, trading back because the Minnesota Vikings see Jonah Williams on the board and they want to go ahead and solidify that offensive line and get Kirk Cousins the protection he needs so the Dolphins go back to the 18th pick in the draft. The Vikings come up and get Jonah Williams out of Alabama and that starts a mini run on the tackles as the Atlanta Falcons go back to the tackle well and take Washington State's go Cougs. Andre Dillard with the 14th pick in the draft. The Redskins sitting at pick 15. They're going to trade for Josh Rosen probably their second round draft pick so let's go ahead and get him a weapon. Wide receiver DK Met calf goes off the board at 15 to Washington at pick number 16 the Panthers want to get Cam Newton a replacement for Greg Olson a middle of the field presence a red zone target they do that with Iowa's second tight end off the board here with Noah Fant and at pick number 17 the Giants right in front of the Dolphins take off Clemson defensive end Cleveland Farrell and get their front seven solidified with Farrell as well as Devin White in their first two picks and at the 18th pick After acquiring a third round draft pick from the Minnesota Vikings to go back five spots, the Dolphins now pick at number 18. And with that pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the Miami Dolphins once again trade back because Greedy Williams is on the board and the Houston Texans want a cornerback After a former first-round draft pick in Kevin Johnson did not work out at the position, they see Greedy fall down the board, and once again, the Dolphins capitalize on a team that sees a position of need sliding down the board that wants to get aggressive and go up, and the Dolphins capitalize and pick up another third-round draft pick to go from 18 back to 23. And so the Houston Texans come up to pick 18, and they draft Greedy Williams out of LSU and slot him in as a starting cornerback right away. With a 19th pick, the Tennessee Titans select offensive guard Cody Ford out of Oklahoma, another potential option for the Dolphins there to solidify the interior of their offensive line. At pick number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers go back to the linebacker well after so many picks at the position and the devastating injury, the sad injury, that cost Ryan Shazier his career. They go back to Michigan to get a linebacker in Devin Bush. The Kansas City Chiefs on the clock at 21 because of a trade-up with the Seattle Seahawks who always trade back, and that's why the Dolphins are trying to adopt this mode of draft strategy, trade back over and over again. The Seahawks do it every year. The Patriots do it every year. Hopefully now the Dolphins do it as we have two trade backs, and the Chiefs come up with the Seahawks and get cornerback DeAndre Baker out of Georgia, who for my money is one of the top options on the board for the Dolphins because... Like we've talked about at that number two cornerback position, you need two things. You need a guy that can play solid man coverage, and there is no better corner or cover corner in this draft than DeAndre Baker. And number two, it helps offset the big time contract that Xavier Howard is about to get because Baker, with a five year option there and a first round draft pick, would be a guy they could have on the cheap for five years while you pay Xavier Howard buku bucks. But the Chiefs come up and they get their man. That brings us to pick 22, the Baltimore Ravens. They select the first safety off the board Florida's Chauncey Gardner-Johnson he can help them in a number of ways he can play the slot he can play some single high free safety I know that Earl Thomas is there now but losing Eric Weddle they need a guy that can come down and match up, man up on certain guys. And while Earl Thomas plays center field, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson can be their other safety to come down there and help out in the box, play in the slot, all that fun stuff, and takes another guy off the board that Miami would be interested in at the 23rd pick. And with that 23rd pick, the pick is in. The Dolphins will select here, and we'll come back on the other side of the podcast and give you that selection, talk about the trade compensation for the other two picks, and tell you why this pick is a home run. We'll do that next, Locked on Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at locked on fins and with the 23rd pick in the 2019 NFL draft after two tradebacks after making us all wait all night long and getting back to our furthest pick backwards in the first round I think since the 2010 NFL draft when they traded back with the Chargers to take Jared Audrick. The Dolphins go back to pick 23 and with that pick select offensive tackle Dalton Reisner out of Kansas State University. He is my favorite offensive lineman in this entire class to be perfectly honest. He's a nasty finisher, a tone setter, a guy that plays those pit drills at the senior bowl and was burying guys and beating his chest. I love seeing that kind of stuff. He's a natural knee bender not a waist bender. He understands anger and leverage and how to out position his man and win the hand fight he can reach block he can anchor he can pull he can get out into space and he's played just about all five positions on the offensive line I don't think he played left guard but he can play center left tackle right tackle right guard anywhere you like this guy to me is kind of bust proof and I think he fits in that temperament of the type of player this Dolphins team wants to acquire under this new regime under this new coaching staff and under Chris Greer's now entirely own operation here in Miami. So in addition to getting the right tackle position figured out for the long-term future, and just like it does with Xavier Howard at cornerback, it offsets the big-time contract you're going to have to give Laramie Tunzel as you have a relatively cheap player out there at right tackle. We scooped up an additional third-round draft pick in that first trade from the Vikings pick number 81. And according to the draft value chart, I did come up about 65 points shy of the asking price to go from 18 to 13. But it was that short sell I've been talking about on the podcast where the Dolphins might be inclined to take a little bit less value just to acquire the extra pick because that's a tough spot. And you guys will hear me talk about it on the Locked On Network's mock draft where each of the hosts talks about their own picks. I talked about how Miami's in the spot where there might not be the talent required on that pick for other teams to be enticed to come up and take that pick from the Dolphins so they might have to short sell like I've done here but fortunately going back five picks allows me to again explore trade back options and that's exactly what I did we took a deal back this time with the Houston Texans but they pay a little bit more than the draft value chart according to the one I'm looking at right here it tells us they have to make up 140 points to get from 23 to 18 and their third round pick number 86 overall and that one is worth 160 so they go 20 points up higher than they had than what the value says they had to pay because they see the top corner Back on their board, still available in the draft, and they wanted to make that move, and we were willing to make that move for them. So the Dolphins get pick 81 and pick 86, and get Dalton Reisner. And they called a day for the first day of the draft, picking up two third-round picks, and they're starting right tackle to replace Jawan James obviously for much cheaper. So they come back with picks 48, pick 79, pick 81, and pick 86 on day two. Four picks to address the interior offensive line, the defensive front, and the secondary. And we're going to come back on tomorrow's podcast and give you guys the rest of that Dolphins mock draft that kicks off with Dalton Reisner. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about today's prospect of the day. And we're looking at a defensive edge player, a guy that I was really, really enamored with throughout the college football season, watching him in the SEC. Because for my money, he was one of the top pass rushers, if not the top pass rusher in all of college football once Nick Bosa left the field or left the season for good. I'm talking about Ja'Kai Polite out of Florida. And he is ranked number 42 overall here on the DraftNetwork.com's overall big board. And if you read off of Joe Marino's cumulative prospect report On polite, He talks about his impressive moments where he knifes through gaps and gets into the backfield. Highly effective backside defender to chase down plays. And that's the thing that I noticed the most was the Dolphins did that a lot with their wide nine where the defensive end from the backside had to close down and dent inside and make that play off the backside if the running back in zone wanted to bend back across the formation. He's fantastic in that regard. But you also watch the way he chases plays down from the backside and the motor that he has And that's where the very interesting dichotomy of his entire game comes in because he's one of the more effective pass rushers and there is this clip of him winning with speed right away off the snap but he gets beat by a draw which is a scheme deficiency really and chases the ball all the way down 40 yards down the field and makes the stop and that's where the dichotomy comes in, because he was docked for a lack of effort at the combine, whether it was the interviews or the workouts or just the entire process in general. He did not handle it well, did it about as bad as you can possibly do, but that's not the player that he is on tape. He's very try-hard, very high-motor. You get him wound up. He's the kind of guy that can ruin drive after drive once he gets hot and gets going, and if he slides into second into the second round, rather... Hell, if he makes it into the third round, you have to do it, in my opinion. That would be a no-brainer. But if the Dolphins do pick up some extra draft capital, like I just did in the mock draft, then I would be more than happy to take a gamble on this kid in the second round. And now you might be saying, Travis, you have been preaching kids that love football for months now. And yes, I do think that's what the Dolphins will do. And this is going off that map a little bit. But we have to be amenable to our own prototypes. Otherwise, you can get pigeonholed and compartmentalized and not make the right picks that way. But I also believe that Polite doesn't dislike football. I just think he dislikes the process that leads up to the football. And I think it was the immaturity in him that didn't allow him to accept that he needs to play ball. We talked about it on yesterday's podcast with Jonah Williams, how he said he wants to get back to playing football, but he understands this part of the process. is part of what you have to do to get to that. Maybe Ja'Kai Polite could have taken that advice himself. Now, this could also be an indicator of future issues in regards to doing what coaches ask him, but again, we're not talking about a first-round pick. These are the kind of players, to me, I don't mind taking a gamble on in the second round, especially when you consider some of the draft picks the Dolphins have rolled out in the second round in previous years, much like Mike Gusecki last year, who looked about as bad as you can look at the tight end position. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. We are mocking more on tomorrow's podcast as I roll out the rest of that Dolphins mock draft after I acquired those two third-round picks by trading back. We'll do the Twitter mailbag, and we've got Kevin Dern scheduled for a podcast sometime next week. Check out his article up on LockedOnDolphins.com right now. Seven players for Miami's new front seven. He'll have his piece on the secondary out next week, and we'll discuss both of those on the future podcast. But I am going to get out of here for now. And if you guys have a smart speaker or Bluetooth capability in your car, you can pull up the podcast right away by just saying play Locked On Dolphins Podcast for your daily dose. Also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast or the new Himalaya Podcast app. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Maple @NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a Friday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.